Hello, my name is Todd Adams. And this is Kathy Adams. Welcome back to Zen Parenting Radio. We are going to be talking about teenage stuff, even though we have no teenagers. Yes. And how it all kind of relates to one another. Yes. We are going to talk about categorizing your kids, basically labeling them, and Mm -hmm. then it may be becoming a self-fulfilling prophecy. They Mm -hmm. turn into who you label them as and Mm -hmm. why that's dangerous. Dangerous. And then uh, we're going to call ourselves out and others for uh we're taping this on memorial day yeah and so it's monday memorial day and there's a parade going on downtown and um do you want me to just tell my story sure because well there's parade going on it's memorial day just came out of um the daily method and that was right that's right by where the the parade parade is going right so i walk outside and i see a fire engine and i'm like oh my gosh there's a parade going on and, and I'm thinking to myself, you know, how am I going to get out of here? Because there's going to be so many people. And I look around, and there's not that many people at that and, parade. And not that this justifies it, but the weather is not the best no, here it isn't. in our town today. But regardless, and it's funny, I came home because I played basketball this morning. I came home, and they were getting ready for the parade. And I just know we didn't had planned on going to the parade. So I kind of talked to the girls. I'm saying, listen, guys, I don't, I don't think we're going to the parade today, but I want you to know that... uh, Memorial Day is a day where we celebrate everybody who goes and fights for our country. Acknowledge them, recognize them. Honor them them and everything else. Um, And I, for one, have felt guilty since you called me and told me that nobody's at the parade. (laughs) Well, so that's what I did is I got my car and I didn't know what to do. And I called Todd and I said, what what are you guys doing? Because this parade's going on. Well, and what I told Todd is what made me get teary is, you know who was at the parade? There was a bunch of chairs and old men mm-hmm. watching the parade because wearing, wearing, their, wearing hats. their hats because they're veterans and and the and and the thing is is as Todd and I are saying this we aren't calling you guys out we're calling ourselves out we're calling ourselves because out because we weren't there well and it's not like that's the only way you can honor them no, but it's it, not. it's it's a nice way that we can honor them and I don't know I I feel like there's a disconnect between the way I think and my behavior because the way I think is. These people, men and women, over the last few hundred years and and right now, have given up their lives literally for this country, and I have such a reverence for them. Yet I don't get my sorry butt over there. Right. And why am I? What's up with that? Well, and like you said, it's not the only way. I think it was just such a visual right. slap in my face where I was like, oh my gosh. And and the thing is, as people who are living in Elmhurst who are listening to this, you may be like, well, it was busy where I was on the street. And that's great. Right. I hope it was busier than what I saw. Um, what I compare it to is in Elmhurst, we have a St. Patrick's Day parade mm-hmm. and it's the second biggest in Chicago. And let me tell you, no one's missing that parade. Right. That everyone is out and partying. So and our priorities are a little out of whack. Yeah. And that everybody gets their butt to a parade in March when the weather is usually cold and bad. Yet Memorial Day now, granted, a lot of people are out of town over Memorial yes. Day. Yeah, there's a lot so of reasons. So there's a lot of different variables. But I was just at breakfast with my basketball friends after basketball this morning. And one of the guys just went to France and he visited Normandy. And mm. he said that there's no, you know, you get there and you're just quiet. Like mm. you just soak it in and it's such an unbelievable experience. And you're at this place where these people, you know, I mean, there's no words to describe. Like I, I just have a, I get fearful when I just watch a more war movie, much less 
if I was inside of it. Well, and, and you know, you and I don't really have, I mean, I, I have, we have military in our history, meaning my, my dad's uncles were in the military and stuff like that, but we don't have anybody. I have some, some, some acquaintances or friends acquaintances. Who, who I don't keep in touch with anymore that, that have gone over there. But, but no one in our immediate family. No. And when I, like, um, I, I mean, I teach at Dominican and a few of my students have military in their family or have boyfriends or whatever who are in the military. And the stories they tell me, I can't even believe it. Like one of the girls called me because she couldn't be at class for a few days because her boyfriend was... um, whatever he was in Deployed his to... well yeah but there was an attack on oh, his okay. i don't have the words his group right. his battalion, battalion his group, whatever. whatever um and uh, like seven of the guys were killed yeah. and so she spent 5 days traveling around with her boyfriend to go to all the funerals right. because they were all sent home and i was i'm like oh my gosh like the the life that we take for granted that yeah. other people you know yeah, allow so, us to live. I mean, you know, neither one of us went there today, so we're calling ourselves yeah. out and anybody else. So we're going to do something different. Let's make a donation. Right. Let's do that. Let's okay. do something so we, it's, it's may not be exactly the same, mm-hmm. but you know, you don't just call yourself out and, 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 and beat yourself and up then, and feel bad. Right. You do something. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Fair Amen. enough. And anybody else who, um, feels similarly you know challenge yourself to see what you can do and even if it is because there's a lot of these older guys that wear their hats all the time and they say i'm a veteran just say thank you thank you for what you did yeah and not that that's the only thing you do but it's a small gesture and i bet you it goes a long way and hold doors and Mm. and be patient Mm. and and treat the i mean treat everyone kindly but our veterans uh you know, whenever I see someone um, in their car and they have one of those bumper stickers or whatever, um, I, you know, send a good thought right. in front of me because right. of what they've done and what right. they do for our country. Um, so happy Memorial Day. Happy Memorial Day, everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So first partner is Helping Hands Maid Services, uh, cleaning, maid service, offices, homes. If you live in the western suburbs of Chicago, please support us by supporting our partner, helpinghandsmaidservices.com. Their number is 630-530-1324, as clean as can be at home and at work. Nice. All right. So let's talk about categorizing our children. What are, you, what are we talking about here? Well, you and I had a discussion several days ago about the fact that our girls, and we can let's just refer to our two oldest because our third is still young, and, and not that she doesn't have a place where she could be labeled, but... She's five. She's, she's still figuring it out. She's still figuring it all out, and we're kind of figuring her out, and... But our older two girls are very different, um, and it could be very easy for Todd and I to say, "JC is this way, Cameron is this way." Period. End of story. That's what we expect. That's what we see. That's the way it is. And one thing that we were challenging each other on was to make sure that we notice that they have their whole people. Their I, I get a visual when I think about this. Their whole people, and there may be an aspect of their personality that pops up. More, more frequently, more frequently, more strongly. It may be their defense mechanism. It may be their fallback mode. It may be their autopilot. It may be just a stronger part of their personality. But that doesn't mean that's all that they are. Correct. And we, and this can be good things and bad things. Meaning, this could be things that people in our society deem really great, mm-hmm. and it can be things that maybe you know people don't find appealing, and that we have to notice that there are many aspects to them. Well, and I think the easiest way for us to describe this is by actual example. Okay. So I will talk. So JC, I've always felt, is a little bit more like me in yeah. that she's more competitive. She wants to win soccer games more. 
what I always tell people is that JC always wants to win everything and Cameron never wants anybody to lose anything. <laughs> um, you know, Cameron has this sense of fairness, like everybody should get, a, you know, everything should be fair. Every, everybody should get a chance. Nobody should lose the soccer game. They all played hard, mm-hmm. which is more like you. Right. You're more like, hey, as long as you're playing hard and JC and I are like, no, we have to win at all costs and, mm-hmm. and do that. So And neither is bad. Right. That's right. Because that comp- it's easy to say, oh, well, the competitive spirit is, you know, uh, not necessarily the most positive of traits, but actually. But actually competition has a place. Right. It has a place and it, it's, it helps you strive and mm-hmm. it reminds you to be your full self and to try as hard as you can and to see new ways to, to, um, to I guess we could say win, but to see new avenues to to do your best, right. you know what I mean? Where you can be like, okay, well, I'm going to, they're doing this, so I'm going to do this. You're constantly figuring it out. Like her brain is always moving about how can I right. continue to do my best? Right. So and, and another example, not in our family, but you know, I've heard parents say, well, this is my trouble kid. And this is the kid I never oh, have to yeah. worry about. And how uh, powerful that could be. And not necessarily the best sense of the word powerful. They can, it can be a self-fulfilling prophecy. And what I say, you know, this kid is my trouble kid the kid almost gets permission to make bad decisions. That's right. And conversely, the kid who is supposedly never getting into trouble puts a big, huge weight of responsibility that the other kid doesn't have. They, the kid who supposedly never gets into trouble has feels like they can't ever get into trouble, and so they don't want to make mistakes, and they want to continue to be perfect. By giving them what you think is like credit or giving them a compliment can really easily turn into weight on their shoulders. And I'm a, you know, the I don't know where it came from in my family, but I was deemed, I don't know if it was me or my parents or my siblings, but the golden child because I was the one that got good grades and I was the one that didn't get in trouble. And that affected me over the long haul. Like it, it did not allow me to... Um, be open to making mistakes. Making mistakes. Did not I make, as much of a risk taker. Did I make mistakes? Of course I did. But when I screwed up, I felt that much worse. Mm-hmm. Whereas if maybe my siblings did, you know, it was more normal. So right. it's it's dangerous. There was more room for them There's to do more, that. Right. More room. It was like breathing space. Like, well, that's what they do, and they'll rebound versus oh, mm-hmm. you made a mistake, right. and then there's all that pressure mm-hmm. to. Um, you know, to feel as if you disappointed people. Well, and to your point, you know, when you label somebody, it's um, they're whole. So they're not one thing. They we can't all be. are everything. We all struggle and we all have strengths and we all have weaknesses. And for us to pigeonhole our children with a word is is a disservice to them. It's a disservice to your relationship with them. And, you know, we're all guilty of it. We all kind of have these thoughts. And, you know, maybe this is just a reminder of... Uh, what we can uh, think about when we're going through our day-to-day with our kids. Exactly. And and it's good because it came up yesterday. We went to a theme park, um, Six Flags Great Six America. Six Flags Great America. <laughs> Not just Great America, but Six Flags Great America. Sorry, inside joke. Um, but we were um, going on rides, and obviously there was some roller coaster talk, so we decided we were going to go on The Wizard, which is like the first level of roller coasters. But it's still scary and fast. It's I a mean, roller coaster. It's just a smaller it's a roller, one. It's just a smaller one. But... Um, our middle daughter, um, she was, she, she got in line and she stood in line with us. But right when she got up there, she kind of looked at us. She's like, I just don't want to do this. We were about to get in. I, she was going to ride with me and I could, you know, the you fright. You could feel it. You could feel it. 
And it, because we had this experience in the past, um, we had a, we even talked about this on the show about the Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah, I actually wrote about it. It's in my first book about we at Disney World. We had an experience where one of our girls wanted to go on stuff. The other one didn't. Right. JC was the older one but didn't want to go on Pirates. And Cameron, the younger one, wanted, wanted to, to go. go. And we struggled with it. Like, we didn't force JC well, to do Well, we it. didn't. But that was our first experience I with wanted, recognizing yeah. that it's about us. I wanted... Uh, you know what the thoughts that went in my brain at that time were like JC we came all the way from Chicago right to go to Florida to go to Disney World right. to go to Pirates of the Caribbean it's not even a roller like what are you so scared about and she was whatever five or six She's years just old a baby and um, I had thoughts of that now we didn't force them to do that but because I had that experience I could have cared less if Cameron wrote, wrote on The Wizard yesterday. It really didn't affect well, me at all. Well, and let me backtrack to Disney because, like Todd, we were just saying, that was our first experience with recognizing, because this is a self-awareness thing, that when as adults, when we go to Disney World, we have created a story in our head about how it's supposed to go and how we're excited to go on this ride and how we're going to show our children this and that and this and that. And when they don't want to do it, we get angry with them or we think that they're not being brave or we think that they're ruining their fun. When they're having a ball doing what they're doing and we're forcing them to be something they're not and we get amnesia about when we did things because mm-hmm. we may say, oh, I went on Pirates of the Caribbean when I was four or five and then you find out you were in sixth grade. And even if you did, who, who cares? cares? Right. And and that's the thing is like it's not about us and that when, when my daughter, if I'm going to create a relationship with my daughter where she trusts me and she learns to trust herself then when she says, regardless of how long we stood in line or where we are, when she looks at Todd and I and says, I don't want to go on this. I mean, my my first thing was, you know what, honey? It's really not that bad because mm-hmm. it really isn't that bad. But but you give them the space. You give to them the space. You know, I said, honey, it's really it's really not that bad. She's like, no, I don't want to do it. And then you and I both put our hands up. We're like, you don't have to yeah. go. When you and Todd handled it perfectly, he said, you know, I'm not going. Well, and she wanted me to go on it. And I just, you know, you got to be. Yeah. Yeah. She was all for one, one for all. Yeah, so I she wouldn't was say, okay, be... you stand there by yourself <laughs> while I go on this ride. Right. So, um, but. I will. But, I will but your argue demeanor. The, I, I want to argue the other side. Wait, though. before we do that, your demeanor was very calm. Mm-hmm. There was no like, oh, or oh, or there was no like big comparison. There was no. You were like, okay, let's mm-hmm. not write it. And we'd stood in line for thirty minutes, more at than least. That. It was a long wait. So for you to be able to tolerate that. Yeah. In the way that you did, because I was ready, you know, I was mm-hmm. ready to get off. Like sure. I, I didn't need to go, but you were like, no, no, no. She was my partner, and right. we're not going to do it. And it was beautiful. So here's the counterpoint. Okay, counterpoint. This is what dads are saying right now. All if right. they're listening, All right. they're saying, if I force them to get on that, or make, or guilt them into it, then they're going to ride it, and they're going to find out it wasn't scary, and they did have fun. Now that is a distinct possibility, right? Okay. So they're saying father knows best or mama knows best i know you're gonna like this if you just get on so then they guilt them into it and do it so that is what they're gonna argue so okay what well and say? i 100 disagree i mean i i'm not disagreeing with what you said that it's not it is possible for a parent to force a child on a ride and the child's like oh that was fun but it wasn't on the child's terms so what you're teaching the child is you don't know mm-hmm. what you need I know better than you, and when you have an instinct, don't listen to it. Listen to other people, and they'll tell you what to do. Right. So let's think about that over the long term. Fast forward that to when she's 16. And her friends are saying, you can do this. You mm-hmm. can drink. You can smoke.
smoke. You can try this drug. Don't worry. It's not that big of a deal. And then you, 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 it's not like you think back to that time on the roller coaster. Things don't work necessarily. Memories like that. It becomes part, it of, becomes your cellular, part of your cellular memory. Right. And how would you describe a cellular, cellular memory, memory? Is because a lot of, okay. It's not, memories aren't always about the things that people said. It's the way that you felt in an experience. It's an energetic thing where you felt a certain way, where you either did trust yourself or didn't trust yourself, or things did go the way you thought they were going to or they didn't. Like, for example, I'll use a Maya Angelou quote. You don't remember necessarily, and this is not verbatim, I'm kind of paraphrasing her quote. You don't remember what people said to you or what they were wearing or exactly what happened. You remember how they made you feel. Mm-hmm. So that's what you remember. Right. So when you get into a situation where you you had one belief system, but everybody else had another, and you were forced to go against yours, then the energetic feeling you has, have is not necessarily the... Uh, experience at hand, but I don't trust myself. I was wrong. And again, that's going to happen in life no matter what. I think all of us, when we become adults, even if we're parented perfectly, which nobody is, but you, we have those times where we don't trust ourselves because of educational experiences or experiences in our family or in the workplace where then people told us to do differently or think differently. And we have to work through that. But I feel like as parents, we don't want to contribute to that, to that kind of, you know, because you and I have talked about on the show, about the whole diving board thing, mm-hmm. you know, making your kid go off the diving board, pushing your kid off the diving board, throwing your kid into the deep end and showing them that they can swim. What we have to trust is they will learn that in their own time. Right. What we're doing by pushing them off the diving board is saying, you be on my timetable. Mm-hmm. Right. I want you to do it now because I want you to be impressive. I want you to show me that you're this or that. I want you to do it when I did it so I can keep my story and my brain going about who you are. And that's not parenting to me. Right. I'm being pretty harsh about this. No, I think you're right. And that that's called doing forcing your kids to do what you want them to well, do. Well, you kind of just stole my thunder. And I'm sorry, honey. No, that's all right. So basically what you're saying is if we allow our kids to trust their own gut and trust their own instinct, then that'll go a heck of a lot further versus them being on our t- timetable. And to the point, you know, the name of this roller coaster was The Wizard. Mm-hmm. Cameron is eight Skyler, Skyler, who's five, went on it. So it would have been easy for us to say, oh, Skyler wants to get on it because mm-hmm. Skyler went on it and Cameron didn't. We could have guilted her and shamed her and made her feel embarrassed. Now, she felt embarrassment anyways. And I'll tell that story when you're done. Um, And then so the only thing I want to say is Cameron's going to go on the wizard. <laughs> yes, she is. But she may not get on it. When Tomorrow, she's in second grade. She may not get on it next month, next year, or may, who knows? Maybe she'll never get on it. Who cares? The bottom line is odds are she's going to get a little more comfortable with it. Exactly. And the story that I was going to tell is that, again, going back to that uh, chapter in my book called Disney Plans for my first book, what we found, as Todd said, was that JC didn't want to go on any of the rides, but Cameron did. Mm-hmm. Cameron went on Pirates of the Caribbean and went on all the you know quote-unquote scary rides with me, Snow White, all right. these things that are scary for a little kid. And then, but JC didn't want to go, and we had to allow her that space. Right. And now, JC's going on the American Eagle, she went on the Eagle, and Cameron doesn't want to. And the thing is, is Skyler went on the Wizard yesterday, but in three years, she may not want to right. because she's having different, you know, experiences, or she's she's seeing things through different eyes. And we've got to give them that space. It's not well, you did it before, do it again. Right. It's where, how do you feel today? So. The story that I was going to tell us this morning when we were having breakfast, I asked the girls how they felt about Great America, and Cameron gave kind of a little thumbs up. And I said, what did you think about the rides you did go on? Because she went on some smaller ones. She said, they were okay. And I said, well, I want to tell you, I was really impressed with you yesterday because you 
made a choice for yourself that wasn't easy. Mm-hmm. You know, because there was a lot of people there kind of waiting in line and stuff. And she said, I was so embarrassed. And I just, I was just telling Todd the story because I thought that word was so great mm-hmm. and so vulnerable for her to say that. And I said, you know what, honey, I, I understand. And I know you felt embarrassed, but who who's in charge of taking care of you? And she pointed to herself. And mm-hmm. I said, so you took care of yourself. Mm-hmm. And that's all, you know, and parents of course she knows that we're in charge of taking care of her but the thing that we're we're trying to teach our children is that in the long run over the big picture they are in charge of their own body they are in charge of their own decision making they're in charge of their own happiness they're yes we are all in charge and that's kind of the whole mo we have with this show is it's a parenting show so a lot of people tune in with the hopes to hear how the best way to direct your children but really it's about you taking care of yourself and you making good decision making so i mean that's so as parents you make your own decisions as parents you honor who you are as parents you walk your own walks you teach your kids to do the same as parents you trust your own instinct there's times when we don't trust our own instinct we don't and uh, and we learn from that right you know afterwards so the point is is that um, you know, and I think because of age and experience and, and maybe we've just mellowed out, those things aren't as big of a deal to us maybe as they are when they would, when our kids were really young. I remember struggling. Yeah, maybe it's age. Maybe it's the show. Maybe it's the line of work we're in. I don't know. But I could have cared less that camera. <laughs> now, JC with the Eagle, um, she didn't know if she wanted to go on it. The American Eagle is a much larger roller coaster. And she struggled with that yesterday. And I don't feel like I put any pressure on her. But what was driving me nuts in that moment was she, the inability to make a decision. Well, she was kind of biting her nails, and I'm like, do you want to go on it? And she's like, I don't know, I don't know. And we sat there like five minutes. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, I don't care if you want to go on it or you don't want to go on it, but make a decision because I'm sitting. Mm-hmm. I'm sick of sitting here. Mm-hmm. And she went, She made a decision to do it, and she loved it. So. Right, And she and she but in the end, it wasn't, well, this is your only chance, or if you don't go, you're chicken. Or, right. it, there was no threats. It right. was just make a decision and or make a decision to not make a decision, which means we're not going to do it right now. Right. I mean, you you can know, come back and we can come later. back and look at it. But the point that what Todd and I started talking about was noticing the different things in your children. And I think we can start putting words to things like, well, because JC did this, she's brave mm-hmm. or, and so she's a brave kid where the other kids, and none of that is true because bravery shows up in many different ways. Cameron was just as brave by not going on that roller coaster yesterday. Well, and let me tell you how Cameron shows her bravery. And again, this is just something I see is like you said, when people aren't fair to each other, she calls them out. Mm-hmm. When something isn't fair, she says, um, that's not okay. They didn't get that. Or she asks for help and says, something is not going on that's fair over here. That's pretty darn brave because there's a lot of people that overlook those things and think, oh, just kind of let it go. And she stands up for people and stands up for herself. So that's brave. So we start to equate things like roller coaster riding or going on a stage or whatever. And we start to say, if you do that, you're brave. If you're not, if you don't, you're not. And there's many different ways to be brave. And there's many different ways to be smart and there's many different ways to show love. And I think that's kind of, you know, I'm doing some with my hands that you guys can't see. But that's the big picture that we want to have with our children is don't start putting one label on them. Mm-hmm. Don't start telling them who they are right. when they have many different ways of demonstrating who they are. And we have to work. That's really more about our work of opening our minds rather than saying it should look this way or it should be this way of recognizing all the goodness, all right. the wholeness that they are. Sweetie, how brave was it when I was a young boy and I was seven years old and I wasn't tall enough to get on the <laughs> roller coaster? My dad uh, had my mom take her high heel shoes off 
and put them on my feet so I was tall enough to go on it, and then I went on it. So was that a brave decision by my dad? Well, I don't know if I'd use the word brave, but what I would, I, I laugh a little because it's over and it was a long time ago, but what I would look at as a mom from safety reasons is there's a reason you have to be a certain height. Because if you're not a certain height, then the thing that goes down on your shoulders, mm-hmm. what's that called? The harness, the, the harness or the seatbelt, it won't work because it's kind of like you need a booster. But it a, did work because I'm here. I know. Well, and that's why I can laugh at it, but with... I I probably wouldn't put our kids in high heels. So if I said, Kathy, take your high heels off so Cameron can ride this ride, you would have said no? Two problems. I don't wear high heels is one of the problems. Do you wear flats? I do. I I have never been a heel wearer except for like if we go to a fancy dinner and I then end up, my feet Taller than me. Well, I end up taller than you. That's not cool in the gang. I know. How tall are you, Todd? I think I'm about 5'8". No, you're 5'9", I thought. Somewhere between 5'8 and 5'9". Okay. So I don't wear high heels, so it's never an issue because I'm 5'5". But when I put on those big wedges, Mm -hmm. watch out, man. That's right. I'm towering. We look like, it's like a seventh grade dance. Remember how all the girls were taller in middle school than the boys? Girls mature quicker than we do. In many ways, yes. In almost every way. They really do. As far as I can tell. They do. I'm with you. Um, So this is a good segue to get into the teenage discussion. But before I do that, I want to talk about our second partner, Tree of Life Chiropractic Care. They are our chiropractors and also my massage. Peoples. My masseuse. Uh Uh-huh. So if you live in the Chicagoland area, give them a call. Their phone number is 630-941-8733, chirotree.com. Healthy families by choice. Not by chance. Not by chance. All right. So we got a an email or a Facebook message from a woman named Judy. Uh-huh. And she loves our show, but she has teenagers. Right. And she says, um, do you have anything to offer to uh, parents out there that are struggling with teenage things right now? Mm-hmm. And I guess uh, my response would be, not really. <laughs> no, that's not true. Well, I, we do. I I don't remember what it was like to be a teenager. And I know you're going to talk about universal principles and all that in a okay. second. Um, uh, but I just, I, I know that when our girls are teenage years, it's going to be, and they're going to be interesting shows for us to do because the situations, I know there's similarities, but it's going to be, it's going to be a whole different ballgame. Well, I do. I, I agree with you. Um, I think that the teenagers, there's a definitely more of an emotional element. Like, it was interesting. We were watching Dazed and Confused the other day. And if you haven't seen that Forgot in a while. how great That's such that a great movie, movie. And you know why that's a great movie? Because the comment that Todd made at the end, he go there. You said, there really was nothing big that... Nothing happened Nothing happened. Movie. But it was so fun to watch because it was so real. Mm-hmm. And we there's points in that movie where you're like, these people aren't acting. This is exactly what you would say or do well done well done but there was a point you know if you guys have seen it you know the kid the young kid the freshman who's kind of the center of the movie he ends up staying out all night he doesn't go home and when he does come home in the morning his mom's like okay this is your one get out of free jail card you know you can no next time you'll get in trouble today you won't i was thinking to myself if my children did not come home all night i would be an absolute wreck and that was a time before cell phones Mm -hmm. That was a time before, you know, no one's calling home. And I guess that was our lifestyle, too. It's not, we could call home. Well, those kids were in high school in like 1976. 76. So, yeah, I mean, it was a little before our time. But, yeah, times were different back times then. Times were different. And I, and she was so, and again, it's a movie. But at the same time, she was like, okay. Oh, I'm sure that there's a million parents or out like, there that said that. In Say Anything. Remember when she comes home but at dawn? But that's interesting because Diane Court comes home and her dad trusts her. So it's not a big deal. So she walks in. 
And he said, did you have a good time? No, that was a different one because that was when she went to the party because she right. called him from the party on the right. lip phone, remember? Right. She's like, I know, Dad. I know I'm, you know, you're thankful I called, blah, blah, blah. Then when she and um, and Lloyd have a night together, okay. consummate, yeah. she comes home and he didn't know she was going to be out. Right. And then she tells him that uh, what happened. Yes. And he's and, like, TMI. <laughs> and he, and he, he said, did he ever get rough with you? Right. She's yeah. like, no, it's a very no, dad no. question. It is. Though. It is. And you know, he, he understandably was challenged in that area. But she says that uh, it always feels better when she's, tells him the truth yeah. right and even though it's hard for a dad to hear those things but he did a fairly good job he even, didn't make good choices no he had a lot of other bad choices <laughs> he did but i guess my point is is that for you parents who have teenagers right now the world that todd and i will be going into in the next three or four years um there are the emotional challenge i think is the ability to maintain these universal principles that we talk about you know, not engaging in arguments. Because the thing that happens with teenagers is because so much is going on, so much is changing, and it's physical, emotional, spiritual for them. Their bodies are changing, hormones are changing, their world is changing, they're growing up, their kids' attitudes are changing, everything. They are going to be more snippy. They are, it's normal. That's yeah. one thing I can Something's say. Something's messed up if they don't yes. act out. They are supposed to rebel. This is so hard for people to hear, but they're supposed to rebel, especially around 13, 14. It's like, um, as I was, I would always say to people when I was doing therapy work with families is three-year-olds and 13-year-olds are very similar. They're, you're having an, a, a separation, I, uh, individuation mm-hmm. situation going on where you're having to separate from your parents. Like three-year-olds who are like, I'll do it myself. Don't touch me. Get away. Right. You know, where you're like, oh, why is my child being so mean? They're trying to separate from you so they can become their own person. 13-year-olds are doing the exact same thing, and they're saying, get away from me, don't touch me, but they're so big, Mm -hmm. so it comes off even more threatening. And the thing that we have to let them know is that, uh, you know... um, we have to main. We have to stay as the adult and not go into child with them and have. What that- do you mean when you say go into child? Okay, what I mean is we can't allow our inner thirteen-year-old to take hold of us, where we start having an argument back and forth about who's right, who's wrong, who should do this, who should do that. We have to stay the adult, and that's easier said than done. I was just talking with a, uh, a parent about this, and she was saying. What she's noticed about herself is she goes into child with her child where she will start to argue, get mad. She's like, I just go there. And then after a couple minutes, she realizes what she's doing Mm -hmm. and she comes out of it and says, okay, we need some space. You go away. I'll go away. We'll come back. And so she she has a few minutes where she loses it. And I think that's probably what most people experience. Don't you think? I do. We go into child and that's how we know. We need to pull back. Well, I, JC and I had a small argument yesterday, and JC's ten, so we're not. I know we're not talking about teenage years, but um, we had, you know, I mean, we weren't screaming at each other, but it was about, you know, putting the laundry away, and I, I, I didn't. I guess I, I don't want to say I yelled at her, but I strongly with disagreed her. with yeah, her. Yeah, yeah. And she walked out of the room, and I don't know where she went to this day. I think she went to the mud room and just stayed there mm-hmm. for like twenty minutes. That's kind of our girls' little hideout. That yeah, mud they have room. a little hideout. Yeah. And um, there's uncomfortableness. Like, I felt bad, and she probably felt bad. We both probably said things not the nicest towards one another. And then she went up to her room, and she locked her door, and I knocked on it. I said, can I come in? She said, yes. I walked in, and I didn't know what I was going to say. And I'm like, listen, I just want you to know that when we disagree and we kind of aren't nice to one another, 
I can't stand that, and I really mm-hmm. struggle, and I'm sorry. And and then we and that was the opening to right. uh, talking about what had just you happened. softened the boundaries right. by being vulnerable, and you didn't say I was right, you were wrong, or you were right, I was wrong. You said I just don't like the way this yeah. feels. And do you know how much? I mean, and I'm giving you a lot of credit. No, go ahead. Here, but Please I will. Give me credit. Is that do you know how much strength it takes? To say something like that, I didn't have the strength in that moment. Right, but, but later she you was did. smart enough to remove yes. herself from the situation. I didn't remove myself. Yes. I was in a room. I was pointing my finger and I was saying, "This is what's fair," and you're right. not being fair to your sister. She walked out, so she was smarter than I was in that sense. Yes, because she removed herself. From and, the situation. and what would a lot of parents say? Don't walk away get your, from me. Get, 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 get back, back here. here. And and that's those are the kind of things in the teenage years that you have to notice is you have to, instead of get so offended by your child, recognize what's best in that moment. And you may, as Todd was just saying, and as I do all the time, you may make a poor choice initially, mm-hmm. but self-awareness, being a self-aware parent is about noticing, uh-oh, mm-hmm. I'm over the edge, I'm pulling back, now I'm going to stop. Right. Because that's the thing, is sometimes you have to go over the edge to realize you're over the edge. Right. You're not always doing everything perfectly. Correct. Like our definition, what Todd and I define balance as, is being out of balance and then noticing you need to get back in balance. Yes, yeah, notice you're out of balance. Right. That's that's notice being you're in out of balance. It, you don't. It's walk impossible around. to stay in balance right. all the time. All the time, you're not. You're basically teetering back and forth. So when she left, uh, it, it was a good 25 minutes where I don't know. I think she was in the mudroom, just sitting there. I don't know. And um, that was enough time and space for us both to kind of let our guard down and, and realize it was unimportant. Yeah. Yeah. Because have you ever noticed, you guys, that you know, especially your teenage parents, that when you do get into an argument, sometimes it's about something super serious. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to say it's never, but a lot of times it's triggered by something very small Mm -hmm. and we make it into something bigger and it really is about us the unspoken things or the fear that we're carrying Mm -hmm. or the um you know it's all these we get really angry about something like you didn't put your shirt away or and and that becomes a big argument when really we're just not discussing anything we're not we're not able to be communicate with each other well and i think the best way to do it is when in doubt communicate your feelings and um i don't know how best to put this but i said listen when we fought when we disagreed 20 minutes minutes ago ago, i just felt really sad yeah and i felt really bad i mean i could have said i felt angry i guess but you know if you maybe take the edge off your words a little bit and just say i don't really feel good when i when we talk like this towards one another that instead of me continuing saying you're wrong, I'm right, you know. Well, I mean? and the thing about feelings is you're automatically put into that whole whole person vulnerable. And when I say vulnerable, I don't mean it negatively. I mean like really being real. Like the story I told 15 minutes ago about how Cameron said I was so embarrassed when I didn't go on that roller coaster. I thought that was so powerful that she said that because she acknowledged the way she felt and she owned it. Mm -hmm. She didn't say, well, you guys did this or the other kids did did this or she didn't say, well, I had a stomach ache and she didn't make anything up. She said, I am embarrassed. And then it's gone. Mm -hmm. Just saying it out loud allows... It dissipates it. It dissipates it and it's truth. It's just simple truth. Versus her swallowing it, suppressing it. Or blaming it on other people. I think probably my biggest pet peeve is blaming other people for how you're feeling. Mm-hmm. Just own the way you feel. Right. And it again, I, I no one does this perfectly, and I sometimes need to blame other people then to realize that it's really all my stuff. Right. So sometimes it's you make the mistake or quote unquote, you know, you're you 
go the wrong way first and then you pull back and realize what you're doing. But if you own your feeling, the other person can then hear you. Like you said, you opened up a space to be heard and then you let go of all that baggage you're carrying. You don't need to win. Right. You, this is just how you feel. And so as adults, when you're working with teenagers, and I'm working because I'm saying working because professionally I've worked with teenagers, but I don't have teenagers of my own. So I know the emotions are going to run higher. But when you're working with teenagers, if you can be real about the way you feel, you're teaching them to do the same. Can they initially be real with you? Maybe not. Mm -hmm. But they will at least know that they have a safe relationship with you. Mm -hmm. And you are at least role modeling to them. And, you know, even times in my, you know, I've said to the girls before, I don't know what to do right now. Right. And a lot of parents don't like to say that because they'll feel like that's out out of control. control. But sometimes when when I'm really like in a tizzy and I'm exhausted or and the girls are making choices that aren't good, I will literally look at them and say, I don't even know what to do right now. And that's my honest feeling. Mm. And talk about letting their guard down. They'll Mm. be like, oh, geez, Mm. (laughs) you know? And sometimes that's the best thing to say until you can regroup and figure it out. Well, it's funny because a lot of the times, like when we talk about parents with toddlers and the toddlers are acting up in a restaurant or whatever, the first thing I always say is remove that kid from that situation. The same goes to ourselves when we are saying things that we're going to regret or we're doing things that we're going to regret remove yourself from the situation mm-hmm. take some deep breaths go for a walk veg out in front of the tv and get out of that before you do something that you're going to regret later That's right and we sometimes uh people find a pleasure in saying all the mean things and feeling in control and being angry you feel an initial pleasure yeah, from that it's a rise and then you feel like crap you feel like crap 30 minutes later so you have to we is us adults we've had enough life experience to know that it may feel good to look at someone and point at them and tell them they're a jerk it may feel good in that moment but we know mm-hmm. that that hurts us it's the same thing as anything feels good to have three pieces of cake in right. the moment and then, and then you feel awful right and so you learn how to you learn from your experiences, and that's what we're trying to help our children do too. Well, I think what you said, which is most important, is you gotta, and it's so hard to do because it's so easy to get back into your 13 year old body and argue uh, as equals. Yes, it is. With a teenager, mm-hmm. argue as equals with a three year old. Yeah. I mean, I've done we that. go into being a three year old. Of course. Yeah. Um, but if you can at least acknowledge if what we're saying makes sense to you, that that's not the healthiest thing to do. And when you start to hear yourself, this is the self-awareness piece. When you start to hear yourself saying negative things and you may get a rise like, oh, this feels good to say this. That's when you say, I'm not going here. That's your cue. That's your cue. That's called self-awareness. And those are the things, those are the reasons that you sit in quiet in the morning or meditate. Or those are the reasons that you journal. Or those are the reasons that you go on walks. Because you have to create space in your life to be able to create space in those situations. Mm -hmm. If you are constantly on autopilot, you're never creating space or quiet time for yourself. It's very difficult Mm -hmm. to back away from those situations. Well, that's about filling your tank and making sure that you have enough in your tank so you have something to give to somebody else. If you're empty, if you're tapped out, if you're tired, if you're frustrated, if you're mad. You'll never be able to do it. You're not going to be in Uh -uh. a position to make a good decision. Uh Uh-uh, you won't. And you'll just feel crappy about it later and instead of, you know, and again, the word I like to use all the time when I'm teaching or in a retreat is you got to practice. You may, it may feel like, oh my gosh, I'm going to walk away. This feels like I'm going against the grain. It doesn't feel right. But if you practice it and then have the experience of, wow, that was a really good choice. And when I say it doesn't feel right, 
I, feels, you know, it, 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 it feel feels normal. different. Yeah. Yes, it feels because obviously you want to listen to instincts, but you, when something is like, this is not what I'd normally Outside do. Outside of your comfort zone. Yes. And, but you got to practice it. You can, you know, people like to talk the talk of here's what I'm going to do, but you got to really try. Mm-hmm. And then you may the next day not do it well, but then two days later you do it well. Mm-hmm. And then you, you're practicing. Two so. steps forward, one step back. Two steps forward and two, two steps, steps back. back. We Baby, go together because opposites attract, and you know it ain't something. Just da, 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 da. Paul Abdul and who else? <laughs> oh, Scat Cat, somebody. <laughs> Wasn't his name Scat Cat? I love that video. Did you really love that it's video? It's a cartoon, sort of. But did you love that video? I like Paul Abdul way back then, when. Yes. She was P- all right. Pre American Idol. Pre American Idol. She was all right. Oh, yeah. She was all right. Straight up, now tell me, is it going to be you and me together? Oh, uh, uh, oh, uh. oh. Or right. am I caught in a hit and run? It's hard to stop. I know it going. is, but we'll, we'll stop anyway. Our last partner is uh, Avid Company. They do everything that, um, that, that they want, that you need. <laughs> Painting, remodeling, decks, um, additions. Additions. Uh, they'll come in and give you a quote. Yeah. So you can. That's they, that's they like how to, we. They like to quote you. They like we. Well, that's how we met them. We had them come in and give us a quote, and we were like, "You are good." Was, I'm like, "This guy's too good to be true." Yeah, and because he, he wasn't the is. cheapest, he was in the middle. He was in the middle, and he was honest. He he said because another guy came in and quoted us some like flat rate in two yeah. seconds. You, you know it's wrong because <laughs> to paint your whole whole house, the guy. The guy estimates that it's going to cost you six hundred bucks, and then, <laughs> and then everybody else is like eighteen hundred or nineteen hundred. You, you know the six hundred buck guy. Not, there's something not right. And Jeremy came in. And he's like, "I'm sorry, that that's not possible." Yeah, and we loved like, it. I like, love the crazy. honesty. Um, so six three zero nine five six eighteen hundred. Jeremy Kraft is our friend and owner of Avid. Uh, give them a call and uh, have them give you a quote. Um, I don't know. Turn turn them into bad. Well, I don't really have one, but one one thing I do want to say to Judy and anybody else who has teenagers, Todd and I will try and talk a little more about older kids because we're kind of in that middle place where we have real, we have a young child who just graduated graduated from preschool, and we have a child who's going into their pre-teen years. So we'll try and talk about both as much as we can. And um, Todd and I are are going to start um, in our professional world working with children mm-hmm. um, and not children really preteens yeah. and we're going to start doing some of this self-awareness stuff with them um, so we'll have more stories yeah um, that's true because we're going to be doing it on a professional basis not only with our own with our own child or children but we're going to be working with lots of kids so um, which seems like a natural progression progression yeah because this you know I used to work with kids and then I realized that I that I needed to work with parents because the kids were trying to get it right and the right. parents kept not getting it right. And then now we've worked with parents for however many years. Long time. And now it's kind of like bringing it full circle. Let's help the, the kids who are becoming adults understand this early. And so everybody is, it's it's universal principles. It's Well, and um, so yeah, we're going to start working with kids in one way, shape or form, but we still want to work with parents. And if you have a group, church oh, yeah. group, mom's group, book club then you want us to come in or kathy just kathy talk about whatever you can it is. come too depends on the topic like i well, came with you to the sex talk yeah um, and i guess if uh, if it was a group of women getting together and they just want to talk about their specific situations it makes more sense for just me to go um but yes todd's right we're not going to stop working with parents or if we're it's just going to work with both parents and kids or if it's a group of uh men who do a book club there you go yeah i said that as a joke oh there are no <laughs> men's book clubs i disagree your friend from the other day, um, Todd and Sarah, they, they're in a book club together. Todd and Sarah. Okay. 
not Todd and all his buddies. Now, but I'm, there's men there. I'm not saying that that's right. I'm saying that's the way it is. Why don't you start a book club? Well, I have a men's group. I know you do. And if you want to get in my men's group and you live in the Chicagoland area, let me know. Yeah, it's a good group. It they is. do good stuff. We do. Um, so you talked about your book, um, Self-Aware so Parent Self-Aware Part 1. So Self-Aware Parent Part 1, and that's where the Disney Plans article is from and or chapters from the one that we talked about. And then I also have the Self-Aware Parent 2. And if you go on my website, kathycadams.com, they're for $20, much cheaper than on Amazon. And I am writing my third book. I'm putting it together this summer. I'm saying that out loud so I get it done. Right. And so then we'll have three. It'll be a trilogy like Star Wars. Yes. And like what are other big trilogies? The Godfather. Uh, yeah, but Godfather 3 didn't meet oh. expectations. Any other good trilogies? <laughs> Superman? Uh, before Sunrise, Before Sunset, uh, Before Midnight. so excited about that. Yeah, people don't know what we're talking about. Okay, Ethan Hawke, Julie, Julie Delphi. Delphi? Delphi? I think it's Fee. P-H. You're a Fee. <laughs> I am. Um, all right, we're 43 minutes in. Okay. So thank you. Oh, uh, like us on Facebook, share our show, and I'll send you something special, but maybe not a pen. And feel free to do a review on iTunes if you feel like it. That always helps, too. And I look forward to you next week. Have a good week. Adios.